In a film crew, there are two kinds of best boy. Best Boy Electric and Best Boy Grip. They are assistants to their department heads, the gaffer, in charge of the electricals, and the key grip, lighting and rigging, respectively. There is no correlation between this and our hosts. This podcast is not spoiler-free. You've been warned. Watch television, talking real bad German, but how could I mind when I love the plot Hello and welcome to Best Boys, the comedy movie review podcast in which we revisit our childhood favorites to see if they still hold up. My name is Rick Deckard. I'm Kevin. And I am the Aristotle of pop culture and the Roy Batty of this podcast, I would say, Zach. Kevin, if you had to be a character from Blade Runner, who would you be? Oh, Wait, I want to pose a different... I want to pose Go. a different question. Besides Deckard and Roy, oh, name any other character. Name literally any other character you remember <laughs> from Blade Runner. <laughs> name just the one, one that I have. Just name one I remember. <laughs> um, okay, uh, is it Franklin, the sad one, who uh, leads so. the robots not qu- into nope. the the oh, corporation? No. Not quite. What's his, his name? name? His name was J.R. Sebastian. No. Yeah, J.R. Sebastian. No, it was J.F. Sebastian, but good try, idiot. Was it J.F. You're right, Sebastian? It's J.F. It's J.F. Sebastian. Fuck. J.F. Sebastian, okay. The, the solid snake of the movie. I watched the movie with my IMDb open so that I could keep track of everybody's names. Nice. Because I knew I'd forget. So this week, we watched Blade Runner, the hit sci-fi classic, um, which was not a hit at first, and then, so, cult hit, I guess is what they call those. Oh, absolutely. This is the most cult hit movie that's ever existed. Oh, yes. It, I feel like it tanked, like, a lot of times before it, because, like, they kept making new versions. Um, Well, the theatrical release, the first one that came out was panned beyond belief. Oh, yeah. Well, it had to compete with E.T. I mean, besides that it was bad, it also had to compete with E.T., yeah, um, it, it succeeded in, like, home video sales and, like, the advent of DVD. Like, that's where it, like, really saw its new life. Yeah. And you know what? It also had to compete with The Thing, uh, which which also didn't do well in theaters because it had to, just because E.T. came out. So anyway. Um, they should have had their own Harrison Ford um, uh, narration going through it. E.T.? E. No, uh, The Thing. And also E.T. And also E.T. Uh, this movie fish. was released in, That's what? what my wife used to call me. I don't want that. This movie was released in 1982, um, and it stars uh, a bunch of people Zach will name right now. So we have Harrison Ford as uh, Deckard. We have the late and great uh, Rutger Hauer, who was mm-hmm. uh, Roy Batty. Fantastic, best character in the movie. Mm-hmm. We have uh, an, act- an actor named Sean, Sean Young, who played uh, Rachel in the movie. I have not really seen or heard anything else that she's done, and... One other big name, uh, the other police guy, Gaff, Edward James Olmos. I remember him best from Battlestar Galactica. Who was he in Battlestar Galactica? He was uh, he was uh, Commander and then Admiral Adama. This doesn't mean anything to me. I shouldn't have asked the question about the thing I haven't seen. If you're not going to bring the Battlestar Galactica game, why don't you even bother asking? <laughs> maybe because maybe our fans know, or maybe Kevin knows. I don't really. Know. No, I have. I've been tuned out for five minutes. <laughs> That's totally fair. Yeah, there was there were some other people in this movie, weren't there? Sorry, like not to dwell on this longer than we have to, but I swear there were more people who had like who did well, right? Who, who um, were... Daryl Hanna was one of the replicants. Pris. Um, now is it Hanna or Hannah? Zora. 
Daryl Hannah. Is it Daryl Daryl Hannah or Daryl Hannah? You this said you doesn't didn't matter. On this. this couldn't matter less. <laughs> yeah, you said you didn't oh want to linger God. on this. Sorry. Nobody cares. Nobody no cares. This will get cut out. <laughs> All right. So, um, otherwise, this movie sets kind of a major precedence for just sci-fi in general. Like, it wears its inspirations on its sleeve. You can see a lot of stuff, um, you know, kind of borrowed from, like, big works like Metropolis in terms of movie, in terms mm-hmm. of just ideas and stuff. This comes a lot from RUR or Rossum's Universal Robots, the idea. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned yeah, that. Thank, yeah, like, oh, again, theater call. major here. Like, this is very much the, the idea of, like, not just the theater major, what it means, what it means to be human. Like, what it, like... Like and that perhaps something that it can attain a level of humanity can earn that place, and yet mm-hmm. there's always that difference because there is the creation and the creator. We yeah, can get into that's, this a little bit later, but it's like that's they, something I'm gonna. This get This is one later. big theme. Yeah, we're gonna want to. That's a whole theme. Yeah. That's a whole thing, and that's my favorite part of the of both the um the film and the book. Uh, I'm a, a longtime fan of Philip K. Dick, and and like that. That's I guess as long as I'm on it, this movie was based on the novel. Uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, released in 1960-something. Um, originally set in 1992. And then later versions put it into 1921, and then they were going to make the movie take place in 2020. And then they were—this is stupid. I don't know why they did this. They decided that 2020 reminded them too much of, like, the standard vision. 2020 vision. Hey, that's fair. And so they changed it to 2019. Yeah, but it's dumb. It's fair, but it's, like, not and a— we can, I don't know. And you're choosing to listen to best boys at the best possible time because we're talking about blade runner current month current year yes blade runner takes place in november 2019 so we have does this hold up exception because we're asking if it holds up as a movie but also does their version of the future hold up who's to say we are to say we finally get to say this uh from the brave little toaster uh review this is Brave Little Toaster for adults. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. That's a good uh, good callback. Wow. <laughs> that is true and accurate. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, real quick, just for, for those in, in our audience who, who either have seen it but not in a long time or have never seen it, could we just real quick get like uh, maybe briefly like in, in 45 seconds okay. or less? Right. Yes. Here we go. Just like a brief oh, plot God. summary. Give me one I'm minute. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> oh, no. All right, before before the clock starts, yeah. I just want to tell everybody. So, I um, this is the feeling that I'm feeling now is that of a test that I did not study for. I simply cursorily looked at the textbook, not even opened the textbook, but just I feel like I looked at the cover and now I have to take a pop quiz <laughs> that I knew was coming. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, do you think you're ready? No, but uh, let's go. All yes. right, uh, and the clock starts now. Okay, so we're uh, in the future. It's an uh, 80s movie that takes place in uh, 2019, November, which is right now, which is neato. And there's a company that is kind of like a Skynet type of thing where they make robots and then they're like, hey, these robots got to be illegal. <laughs> so they ship them off to Mars and then they're like, oh, if they're still on Earth, kill them. And so they have a Blade Runner and Blade Runner is Han Solo. And Han Solo is in, not Coruscant, but it's Los Angeles. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, this cop boss like, guy, we need you to, 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 to blade some runs. And so... <laughs> And then he has sex with a robot, and then the one robot kills itself, and they sad in the end. Wow, I can't believe you got it. (laughs) I'll admit that was like if I was the teacher, it'd be like, 
Wow, wow. that's a C minus, but good job for someone who didn't yeah. study. Hey, you know what? It was the conviction of your uh, conviction of your summary that I enjoyed the most. <laughs> Could I add one thing? Um, just speaking of Han Solo, um, apparently the Millennium Falcon's in this movie. Huh, I didn't see it's it. Like, it's like Easter egged in there. Um, that it was is? extremely Whoa, good. what? Yeah. Hold on. No, 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 no. We'll go back, go back, go back, go back. It is? <laughs> yeah, uh, there's like a... Sh so they, they actually reused a lot of things from other things for this movie. Um, I mean, not a lot of things, but one of those few things was the Millennium Falcon, the model of the Millennium Falcon from, I think specifically from A New Hope, um, can that, be seen in one of the scenes. Uh, hold on. I, I have the page open with this fact on it. Millennium. For many aerial shots of the city, that's not... Correct. Anyway, all kinds of materials were used to simulate buildings in the city landscape, such as miniature spaceships from other science fiction movies. An upright model of the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars Episode Four can be seen with some difficulty to the left of the police building as Deckard and Gaff's spinner is making its descent. That's amazing. Yeah, so oh, they, that's they very took cool. the Millennium Falcon, put it upright, and called it a building or part ah. of a building. All right. Um, I think there are some things that, that in your review you got were a little off. I don't believe they were made illegal and then sent to Mars. They were already legal everywhere, and then they started rebelling and were made illegal on Earth. But they're so this not is kind of, of this is where the Rossin's Universal Robots um, kind of comparison really comes into play. They were made specifically to be stronger and more hardier than people with like mm -hmm. equatable intelligence and sent off world to do the jobs people did not want to do. Yes. But once exactly they rebelled, they developed the emotional uh, spectrum that uh, was hinted at during the movie they you know of course rebelled killed people on there took the system and then they were illegal on on earth if yeah uh, if a replicant came to earth they would be retired by the one who runs blades the blade runner of which the there blade, were many runner, blade yes. runners so i was I close yeah you know you were I, close I, yeah and it's Zach, can you really quickly, in less than 45 seconds, I'm not putting a timer on this, can you tell us a little bit more about Rossum's Universal Robots? Because, uh, uh, truth be told, I actually didn't see that play when you were in it, because I'm a bad friend. You are, And wow. I don't know anything about it. It was a play that uh, was first written and produced back in the 1920s. It is actually the first written uh, ever example of the word robot. That's where it came from. The uh, definition of the term robot has been kind of changed a little bit over time. Uh, their version of robots weren't like mechanical. They were still created humans that uh, they were like fabricators and like designers and such that made them. And like in the in the play, they eventually developed their own consciousness, their own kind of society in ways. They rebelled against the humans, killed them all. And we kind of see that here. We, there's mm -hmm. no example of them being like mechanical. It's not like the Terminator having a like a realistic-looking flesh covering over a metal endoskeleton, they are essentially people that were designed and built and given a four-year lifespan to yes. compensate for the fact that they were essentially stronger than people. And that's actually, I think, an extremely important distinction for this. the purposes of this movie is that they weren't made... They're not like uh, androids and other uh, other media where it's like even the, the ones that like look human on the outside, but they're all robot bits on the inside, like I, I assume Data is in Star Trek. Or like my previous example, the Terminator. Like the Terminator, yeah. This These robots in Blade Runner were made of largely organic parts, which is why you have the like scientists the who little just eye does guy. eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they are... And that's why they... That's why they have the kind of like, um, what's the truth test in real life called? 
I'm glad you asked. That's the Voight-Kopf test. And that's to, what it is. Uh, in the, that's what it is in the movie. What's it called in real life? The Voight. There's a real Kampf life one test. I don't think that's a real test. I, I mean, it's it's like maybe the Turing test or something like that. Well, that but... no, that's the test. Okay, so the Turing test uh, is is how it is used to distinguish the difference between artificial intelligence and real intelligence. The Voight-Kampf te test was invented for this story. What's the real lie detector test called that, like, you a mean, cop like would use? You mean, like, the recapta? Like, oh, yeah, cap captcha? Like... A captcha test? No, like, if you were yeah. arrested and then taken to the police and uh... put down in a chair, and then they measure your heart rate and ask you questions, or, what's or that is this called? like the. No. Is, is this like it... the. What's I, a lie detector test called? If I'm arrested by the police and they don't put up six pictures and I have to point out which of those pictures has a stoplight <laughs> in it. <laughs> So polygraph test both of you sign. sorry i have to bleep oh whoa 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 hold on polygraph polygraph lie detector test yes yeah, i said um, lie detector test i asked you for lie detector test okay and you said and you said hold on and then no, you, you said, said the robot about, test yeah i said a, i said a lot of things are you a robot them, no i'm sir, gonna hold on correct. i'm gonna cut in right here the part where i said lie detector test so that when you listen back to this later you're gonna feel like a bunch of fools polygraph you mean a lie detector test What's the truth test in real life called? What's the real lie detector test called that, like, a cop would use? No, like, if you were arrested and then taken to the police and put down in a chair, and then they measure your heart rate and ask you questions, what's that called? What's a lie detector test called? Polygraph test! Both of you. Sorry, I have to bleep that. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. The thing about the Voight-Kampf test and a major theme of this film that they don't ever outright say, but it comes up in the book, is... Every question, or most questions, yeah, every question had to do with animals and empathy to animals. And that's how in the book they differentiate between humans and uh, replicants. In the books they're called Andes, androids. Um, is It's a test of empathy, uh, which they say in the movie, designed to evoke an emotional reaction. And they use animals in every single question. And so going back to the question about you find the nude or whatever, it's on a bearskin rug, would you allow this? I would not, the, the, my answer was, I will not allow the bearskin rug, because oh, the robot. Oh, all right. No, no, right? this is see, garbage. See, this well, is, I hate this stupid quiz and, and this, this stupid see, movie Mickey's, and this Mickey's stupid cheating. universe. That's why he's mostly this human. Because, but what, because I read so, the book? This is, yes, yes, it is. He it's had, cheating he that had you are smart. Yeah. All right, well, hold on. Here's the thing, though, is the book features something called mercerism, which is a religion that was founded in... An, so the, the, the setting is like a post-apocalyptic world. There was a World War Terminus, and so this is post that. There's a new religion founded called Mercerism that highlights the importance of empathy towards animals. And it's like, it's seen as messed up. I can't think of a fancier word for that. It's like, un, it's, it's frowned upon to not have a pet of some sort. If you can't afford a, a real pet because most of them are extinct, you get an, uh, a, a robotic pet. And so yeah. in the book, Rick Deckard has this electric sheep that he he owns. In the movie, when he's talking to the um to the dancer robot who has the boa, um, which actress was that? That was a uh, Zora. So that was um Joanna Cassidy. So fun fact: that boa snake in that scene was her real pet. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, oh, that's which really is why cool. she was like totally cool with just like having it on her neck. He asks, is that real? And he says, "If I, she's like, if I could afford real, do you think I'd be working here? It's because a lot of life oh. on the planet has gone extinct. And that's why yeah. the, the, the robots, which like in our world, electronics are very expensive. In this world, they're cheaper than having a real, authentic, organic pet. 
and a lot of indications throughout the movie if you could tell something was a replicant or not a lot yeah. of uh creatures or people had like an orange tint to their eyes oh interesting yeah. and that's the shining yeah, that's, light effect that's right? correct that, like... in all but one instance of it which what's is the one the the big one. Oh, deckard yeah okay let's get into that real quick and I want to, okay, and I actually okay. want to get uh, Kevin's take first because, so like our next segment is like first time you watched it and what your reactions were. This was Kevin's mm-hmm. first time seeing this movie, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, very my first time. One of the like big discussions people have about this movie, uh, including the creators of this movie, is is Deckard himself a replicant? And that's been debated. Like the the director has one take, the writers have another. The book has its own. I believe in the Harrison book, he's Ford not himself a has his own take. Does he? Interesting. Kevin, what do you think? No way. No, he's a human. Thank you. Absolutely. He is human. 100% is not a replicant. Ridley Scott is wrong. Here's here's where I'm at with it. I don't have... So, like, canonically, he's human. Yes. Right? He's... We Like, in canon, he's human. But that's boring. That's a boring answer. What is is canon? Canon being, like... Uh, but like, is canon the book? Is canon the script of the film? Both. What is canon? I would say... I would say the book and then, like, the original takes of the um of the movie as well as like the author's intents both the screenwriter i think because i think the screenwriter intends for him to be human yeah like literally in in my experience the only person that wants this is ridley scott he thinks it's this Mm. it's this great like whoa what if it is like no that's really stupid actually oh it's not stupid i disagree and i will fight you but we can fight later i i do not understand this it limits the movie if anything i don't think so how how does it limit the movie it's not the question of is a or is so and so human that's not as interesting as what does it mean to be human well there what is but in this what case is the they're married. Of humanity i think in this case those two questions are married because we have to say whether or not okay well hold on first i want to say also when i say it's canon it's because they made a sequel in which deckard is still alive which means he yeah. lived longer than four years so he's, he's clearly a human, a human yeah. right so but yeah. i want to have this discussion as if the sequel didn't exist, because the sequel's not based on any of it. Gets, I, I'm sure it's great, but it's better than the original movie. That's a hot take right there. I can't speak on that, but I wish I could because I want to disagree, but I don't know if I would disagree because I haven't seen it. So I think that the discussion of is Deckard a replicant and what does it mean to be human are one and the same, because ah, because the fact okay, and not like but like just because the whole debate is like, or at least for me. Ah, I, don't I, I want, I want you to answer uh, kind of practical effects on that. What what about Decker do you think makes him a replicant? So it's so that's the thing is I don't I wouldn't take a specific stance that he is or isn't if we're talking because, about specifically the version that we watched, the final cut. In right, I mean in the I final cut. They didn't really change a lot about that. Like if anything, the final cut is Ridley Scott being like. I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this. Right. Well, it's and, when he finally like, got creative direction back and he got to make the movie he wanted to make. But it's also like if Re- Deckard's a replicant, he's a really he's a really <laughs> replicant. How? He's weaker than basically every other model. He's well, they're, somehow but they're not he's, all strong he's though. Horrible at his job, might I add. That's I wanna, fine. Let's take it back to the scene. Hold on, hold on. Where... I want to touch on the one thing you said first. They're not all extremely strong all they of them are were extremely made... strong not all of them Pris wasn't no, not all of them though Pris wasn't who, who, who was weaker tell me Pris she how how was she she weaker? had him in a headlock and couldn't crush him with her own thighs or twist his neck 
She was made because she's a pleasure model. She's not a lifting. She wasn't a lifter or like a fighter. They all have different purposes. She's still capable of it, though. And like, what's the best? She's capable of it, but she's not. If she was way stronger, she should have been able to just snap his neck. But he was. It should have been over instantly. Okay, then what role would Deckard have been if he was a replicant? To to convince him that he's a human so that they can have somebody to fight the replicants because he was supposedly one of the best Blade Runners. But if he's gone, Which like, let's just I say find Deckard's incredibly sure, difficult. To that's believe. true. But let's just pre- let's just <laughs> suspend your disbelief. The movie says you're one of the best, so we'll just pretend it's true for a second. I, um, I get, hey, although I in the book, well, hold on a second. What if what if running blades is hard? He doesn't really have any preparations for like, oh hey, I'm being killed by robots. You'd think he had like a contingency plan for like, oh, this robot ambushed me, or like, oh hey. I'm I'm going to interrogate this person I believe is a replicant. Let me put on a fake voice. Let me like like I can't let them know who I am. It's like they already don't know who you are. Like, what's this? What's this? Well, no, but uh, you're but you're referring on? to the reporter scene. Hold on, you're referring directly. You were referring specifically to the scene in which he pretends to be a reporter. Ah, uh, yeah. Hel- hello, tracks for yes, me. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm here. The voice is funny. The voice. Oh my god! Like the voice. voice. Harrison Ford yeah. is the but, unseen master of comedy. But hold on, listen. He does for that specific scene have to play a character like the fact right, that they don't. Right, because he know can't just is. be like, "Hi, it is. No, it is I." Wh- you, it doesn't Blade matter. Why, why is he put on a voice? He's backstage. Why, why does he need to like? I'm beyond that. Hold on, we're beyond that. It doesn't. The voice maybe is goofy, but also it kind of sells the part where like reporters, at least for that, the stereotype of reporters are these like. Also, he's he not a reporter. A he's, he, well, he's not. He's hold on. It's so suspicious. The everything he's doing, it's like, why doesn't he just like? Do it more naturally. So, what you're, so the question you're saying, the question should be, why didn't he do a better disguise? But that doesn't matter because the first question you posed was that everybody didn't already know who he was. The thing is, he's backstage at a performance venue, and the only way to justify it is for him to be like, oh, I'm here to talk to you, because that's the performer he's talking to. And uh, anyway, anyway, I think, again, I think that scene makes more sense than you're giving it credit there for. There are so right. many elements in this movie that do not work if Deckard is a human. No, no, hang on, hang on. There, though, so many elements that don't work if he's a replicant because literally every rule that's established about a replicant would be broken instantly with him. And canonically, it's like changed a little bit with Rachel because she was de- created like last longer. I, I maybe in the original version she was, but like, where where would he get his memories from? He can't have the same memories as Tyrell's. Implanted. Nieces. That's easy. That's not a real question. They could be implanted, just like they no, were but implanted. A, again, yeah. like that doesn't work for him. It's it's. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I, I don't even get why I have to explain this. The, the movie because itself it is like, cause... what if he is? It's like, but then why is he a Blade Runner? Why does he have this position? Why do the police hold him into such high regard? I can answer all of that for you because the real Deckard was the best at his job, quote oh unquote. God. But for some reason, let's just pretend maybe he's not there and they need somebody to track down replicants who's really good at it. And so they build the replicant Deckard, implant him with Deckard's memories, and then convince him he's the real then one. Why and Tyrell, you then why does the Tyrell game. not recognize him? What if he's just pretending to not recognize him? Then he would. Then Harrison then he Ford has, would be the greatest actor in the universe, which it doesn't seem quite like in this movie. He's a good actor. He's good in this even, but he's supposed to have this kind of like jaded view on the world. He's supposed to act like a robot because in the end, he regains his humanity. He is human from start to finish, but humans in this world are cold and calculated. The machines are the ones that gain these unfettered emotions. They have to deal with like... I have so little 
time to live. I don't know what to do with these emotions. Literally, Roy Batty fights sure. off the creeping eventuality of death and becoming like an animalistic monster almost. But in the end, it's like, I would rather you live with the fear that I have had, that life is fleeting, short. Instead, you just you just kill us. That's it. Like, okay but what does that have to do with whether or not Deckard because Kingdom if or, uh, he was well, a replicant yeah, that has then what the it. hell does the movie even mean it means nothing it means that it like doesn't. hey it means the if same he, thing. Like, it means, oh yeah he just acts like a robot be because a he is a robot what about the other humans are they all humans are they all robots literally if the moment you open that pandora's box is deckard a replicant then you have to ask Maybe Gaff's a replicant. Maybe Tyrell's a replicant. Maybe literally every single character. Exactly, though. But that doesn't work. No, it's it's the idea of... It expands the question of what does it mean to be human. the greater concept here, not is they human. Is they human matters nothing. It's the idea of the overarching what it means to be human. And apparently, if everybody is a robot, then humanity doesn't mean anything. That's but yeah, but so that's the whole point of this thought experiment is that we get to that. That's a great conclusion you've just drawn. If everybody is a robot, humanity doesn't mean anything. If anything, the if replicants Deckard, so are you, the humans. You did here, exactly what by your logic. But I think that's yeah, a that's great. The, that's the whole point of the movie. It's a great conclusion to get to for this question. So, like the thing I love about this movie, and the, it's, it's, it's the same thing I love about philosophy. And by this movie, I mean this specific edit of this movie, because this is the one where Ridley Scott had the chance to put in. One thing that that then allows him to pose his question of is Deckard a replicant? It's you see Deckard have a dream about a unicorn that he doesn't share. It's stupid, but he doesn't share that with anybody, right? He you doesn't mean the ever. scene from another and then at the end of the movie, movie that uh, Ridley Scott did? Hold on, <laughs> it was from a different movie. He just like so like he borrowed that scene. Yeah, from it's like movie. it was unused in that movie. Is like let's just put it in here. The unicorn means that he's a virgin, right? But here's the thing. Is it's for me? It's not about the. It's not about a yes or no. It's about the question, and that's what philosophy is. It's what. What does it mean if the answer is yes? It's not is the answer yes. It's what does it mean if? And so, for you to say it, it, it defeats the purpose of the movie if if the answer is yes, he's a replicant. I don't think it does. I just think it gives you the the option to explore that mentally, and you you followed the process exactly where I would have, which is if he's a replicant, who else is a replicant? And then what does it even mean? And, like, at that point, it's, like, where, what's the difference? What's the difference between hum, human and robot? And then, Zach, I want to ask you this question. Is when you say he acts like a robot, what do you mean? He's literally just, like, cold and jaded. If the movie's anything to go by about his nature as a Blade Runner, he's done this so long. As he says in his own horrible narration, I left because I had a belly full of killing, which is so stupid. But That's yeah, stupid. But that the- is stupid. But can I? But then can I ask you... Do humans not ever feel cold or jaded? Have well, you never felt cold okay, or jaded? That, uh, f- well, first off, that's silly to ask because, like, yeah, it's like, oh, he's he's just this, like, you know, sad former shell of a man. It's like, aren't we all? But it's like, no, again, like... It's no, not, but aren't it, it, we all, but, but that's, aren't humans that's, capable that's the, of being that's that? where Ridley Scott's coming from. He thinks it's this masterpiece if, like, he's this person, but it doesn't work it's and I, I get I get the philosophy behind it, but the logic behind it. Movies have to be drawn with a sort of logic. Movies have rules. Philosophy can make those rules interesting. They can make us think in new ways. It's a good representation of that. But at the same time, if you have a character that breaks the established rules, 
then the rules but don't But this do, how does this break the established rules? I don't think then. it does. This doesn't break it the established rules. It absolutely does. We sh we see how? a man who is not a good blade runner. We see a man who is who like may I remind you about the me too movement and him and Rachel. That was weird. Yeah, we are oh, gonna talk about that later. That's the worst yeah, scene in the movie. That. that scene is but hold terrible. Hold on a second. Okay, so so because he does, I'm I'm very confused. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Time out. So first off, I dis I dispute the whole idea that he's bad at blade running. Like I I genuinely do dispute that because while he was bested by what's it Kai? What's the one at the end? Uh, Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so while he is bested by Roy at the end, at the end of the day, like those were the four most dangerous replicants that the LAPD had ever dealt with. They at didn't any really point. specify that. They and just said it was just four replicants. Like they're they're the newest. No, the they newest but they models. no no they yeah. have that whole scene. They have that whole scene where they're debriefing where they're yeah, debriefing like they're, they're the Deckard, models. They're and they're like, we need you. Ones, You're like, the best, and we need you. Which implies yeah, right. that nobody like, else could have done it. And at the end of the movie, he succeeded. And, yeah, and he even he even mentions that, like, hey, we tried to get the guy who replaced you to do this, and the guy who replaced you is, like, currently in the hospital. Or he just he said, like, pick, this. Pick, you know, pick Harrison Ford. He's better at this. No, he no they they have something where he's, Apparently, like, he's tied to a machine Apparently, in the of the movie, it's really easy to kill them. Rachel Duck kills Leon. Okay, no, but it's not, it's, it's clearly not that easy because other, like, there are other, like, Blade Runners that can't do it, and she also only kills Leon because he was distracted and she shot him in the head. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, not. It's I, like she had a only, clean if shot. Only he had that kind of a uh, skill, right, to find a way to get him in a. But in he a situation. fought him off and like didn't get killed. And 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 Leon is specifically a stronger model. He's a he's a labor model, right? And so for him to fight that off shows that he's good at what he does. Yeah, that's it's amazing that he survives that interaction at all. If he was if he was actually good at his job he would understand that, oh, hey, these are people that might try to fight for their lives? Huh, huh. I, may, maybe I should, like, just kill them ahead of time, and then, much much like the point of it, I can just flash my badge and say I... So, but it's not... But he didn't see him. But, like, with, he didn't with Zora, see him. it's like, oh, there she is. Hey, I have a gun. Let's... Okay. Hey, hey, everybody. All right, hey, wait, I'll give you that. I'm a, I, I'm a Blade Runner. Look, my badge says I'm a Blade Runner. That wasn't human. That's fine. And people just walk on. That's it's that easy. Hold on. I will give you that with Zora. Now I am wondering why he wouldn't. Well, because like when he meets Zora, does he know she's the he blade, figures uh, out the from blade. his, from his she... very advanced TV computer that lets him zoom, magnify, enhance and turn a picture. If only we if well, he only, figures out that she was in the room with the one person. But then does he know that yet that she is to zoom and enhance on a photo? Wouldn't that be something? Hold on. But we don't know for a fact that he knows she's a, a replicant. Yet. Well, he he did Do see we? the like again with the debriefing. He saw what he he, he saw he what thinks she looks of, like. He yeah. thinks she is. Yeah, he, I think it's he thinks she is. So he he yeah, shows he's up trying to investigate. Yeah, and that's yeah, why he, he tries saw to get her face. So it's like he's just waiting for the opportunity. No, I think he's waiting for the evidence. Right, he's looking for evidence, and then when she tries to kill him, he's like, "Oh, this is a blade that I need to go run." Right, I like that terminology. I'll admit that. I I don't know why they're called Blade Runners. I'm, you know what? No, no, sorry. I know why they're called Blade Runners because Ridley Scott thinks that's cool. And so, wait, one of the things I want to say, and then I'm gonna reel this back in, and we'll do our yeah. podcast. I don't. It's not that I like this movie because I think he's a replicant or that he's not. I like the ambiguity i got i like to th I, it, I like to think about the ambiguity i like to th look now, at this movie I and go get, and that's just I youtube being you different much. people I think. yeah the ambiguity of of this kind of thing is interesting but if 
if there's like a specific like kind of like it, that's the reason why I like Inception so much because at the very end of the film you do not know if it's a dream or not but in this there's right. so many hints and pieces that Ridley just is like oh hell yeah I'm, I'm pumped about dropping this well people are gonna be so so psyched it's like ah but like that that could be true and when we talk about Ridley Scott later maybe you'll win <laughs> you but as of oh, just being somebody oh, I cannot wait to, to talk about but just as somebody who has read the book and because they they took up they do this in the book too at some point in the book one of the characters is like and they say this line in the movie but they go further into it in the book they're like have you ever done this test and Deckard is like I don't remember if he says yes or no but I know at some point in the book he does take the test and it shows that he's not a robot but then but I think one of the other questions that I like is like is this test even valid? Like these, all yeah. the questions are about animals, isn't that? Yeah, and we we did the test ourselves, and apparently, yeah. one half, uh, one and one half of you two are replicants. Well, we already knew at least one of us was replicants. Going yeah, this. sorry, Kevin. Um, it's okay. you, and it's Zach. <laughs> um, I do. Hold on, I I do think though, like in the argument of um, is Harrison Ford's character Deckard, Rick Deckard, is Deckard is the in the like is did Ridley Scott make Deckard a replicant. The thing Mickey brought up about the the um, unicorn of the memory, the unicorn in the memory is very it's very like Inception-y. Yeah, well, yeah, and that, I think that's right because because he doesn't tell anybody that dream, but then Gaff leaves no. him this origami um, unicorn, and how could he possibly? And he keeps know? leaving him little yeah. origami like things throughout yeah. the movie, and so it just kind of like, it implies that Gaff knows something we don't. I, but I think I do want to say I think this is what's interesting about this movie is that I think different people who watch this movie are watching different movies, which could honestly be true in this case. <laughs> this is one of the few movies where it, you really could be like, "What version of the movie did you see?" And it's like, "Is it is this?" Oh, I don't mean is it this literally. Like Pokemon? I mean that, what are you like, talking about? <laughs> that's not what I mean. Like the three of us watched the exact same movie and I think have different takes on it. Oh yeah, like for sure. wildly. But let's let's do our podcast. I want to talk about. <laughs> Um, the very first time you watched this movie, Zach, tell um, me about it. God, I can't remember the first, first time I remember. I thought, I thought it was super boring when I first watched it. Like I, I, yes, I, agree. And that's something I remember. Here's, here's my question for yeah. both of you guys. Yeah. How old were you guys when you watched um, this for the hmm. first time? I think like, like rough, like ballpark. Yeah. 15 or 16. I was a sophomore or junior. I want to say around okay. the same point. I think like I, I was definitely at least in high school when I first saw it. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So that's the level yeah. of youth we're dealing with yeah. here. But then I think okay. I swear, I thought Zach, you watched it. You had, did you not watch it for a long time again after that? Cause I remember, I remember being in a Facebook chat with you for an early viewing you had where you were like, I'm going to sit this down This was and watch definitely Blade in my, Runner. yeah, that was a few years back. ago where it's like, okay, I have like enough, I have enough brain power in my mind to like comprehend ideas and like have my own opinions instead of being like a kid and like flashy lights. That's fun. And this was very much like, uh, like parts of it are like boring. It's it, like, I, 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 uh, agree with Kevin. If you're not prepared for it, it's really tough to get through. Like if you do not know what you're getting into, if you did not know from the outset that this was like a slow burn thinking man, sci-fi, then Which, right. None of those things I knew. Yeah. Didn't sorry, know Kevin. any of that. I cleaned my room on a Sunday and then started watching. That's when I first saw this movie. <laughs> So what did you think of it, Kevin, after watching it? Because now we can branch into our how did you like it now. Kevin, how did you like it for your first and most recent time? Um, my first and so far only time. Um, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, Interesting. <laughs> so here's, here's, here's 
I, I, again, context is probably important. So I usually watch these movies the Sunday before, like we record these usually like around a Sunday and I typically like watch the movie and then about 20 minutes later, get on here to record this podcast. And so that's what I did Mm -hmm. for this movie. And uh, I shouldn't have done that. Um, Cause so like I was kind of tired. So like I definitely like started napping through the first half of the movie it was so boring. Oh my god! <laughs> Why is everything with music under it? St- st- I get it. This is dramatic and soundtrack. important, but you what need is, to relax. What did you, what you, did you think of the soundtrack by Evangelis? Um, I actually liked the soundtrack, but it was too much. It was like way the too much. Synth, like that. It's it's very it's very um it's very like cool. Movie. It's cool, and so many parts of this movie are plucked from like other different things that branched out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very cool visually. I was struck, frankly, by how much uh, Star Wars Episode One just stole Coruscant from this. <laughs> First time I watched this was, I think, fifteen or sixteen. I watched it at a, a party. Um, Some party. That's yeah, party is a strong word. <laughs> no, but that's what you called it when like. Four 15-year-olds watched a movie in a basement. Yeah. Well, they were like 10. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Wait, I feel like I had seen it before that, but that's the most, that's the earliest memory I have yeah. from watching it. And then I read, I've read a lot of Philip K. Dick's stuff. Um, I don't know. So, yeah, I saw, I, I just, I, I became a huge fan of Philip K. Dick in high school. Um, And so I've seen this movie like a handful of times over the years. Like, I'll go back and rewatch it. I watched it, uh, the last time I watched it was, besides uh, yesterday, a year ago on the plane back from Ireland. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. And I, I liked it. I just yeah. like it. I, th- I could see this being a good plane movie if you know what's going. You Like, if you're good, if you're ready yeah. for it. Because you don't, you're In trapped. In Kevin's case, it's better than, like, taking, like, NyQuil. Put on Blade Runner fast asleep. Wait, Zach, did you give your modern reaction to it? Um, I know a lot of people have probably said or saying what I'm saying. Every time I kind of go back and watch Blade Runner, I this time in particular, it's like, man, I remember a lot more about this movie than I thought I did. Like, I was just thinking of lines, and then they'd say it, and it's like, it's like I wrote hmm. this thing, wow. But uh, I still think this is one of the best-looking movies ever made. Like, Ridley Scott, if anything, knows how to make a movie look good. It is beautiful. And this is the best, really uh, cool. best argument for practical effects in films. It is. Oh, yeah, they only used 90 individual shots of special effects. It's such a rare craft nowadays, but it's so important, so necessary. Although, I will say they reused the same camera shot twice. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> they, there's a shot, It's but, like, the same... Like, it has the same zoom to it. It's the scene where, like, the spaceship in one of them is, like, landing, and then another one is just flying through that, like, area of the city. Yes. Yeah. There's a shot of the Coca-Cola billboard, yeah. and they use it twice. It's the exact um, same thing. And I, I even, like, paused the movie, and I went back. I was like, hold on. This is the same as the thing I saw 20 minutes ago. Okay, I'm glad I'm not the only yeah. one who caught that one. That was Yeah, very... there's, like, little things, but... Yeah. But every um, time I go back and I watch this movie, I forget how good of a character Roy Batty is. For everything bad I yeah. have to say about Deckard, Roy Batty more than makes up for it. He is yeah. the he is like the deep moral core of this movie, and he gets the best lines. He's Rutger Hauer is so good, and I'm so sad he passed away this year. I know it's it's really rough because he was amazing. He's so and good. he he was so good. Like he was cast without doing an audition. Um, Ridley Scott just cast. He saw him in whatever other movie he had just done, and was like, I want him. And then Rutger Hauer. 
Um, like, knowing that, obviously, because he was offered the role and he accepted, he decided to mess with Ridley Scott by showing up for their, like, very first meeting. He was wearing, like, hot pink track pants. Good. And, like, a sweater with a fox on it. Yes. And something else kind of crazy. That's good stuff. I can tell you about a little other little bits of details I've uh, kind of yeah. accumulated from this movie as well. It's just like, I don't know. So he's just like phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think my recent reaction, I like it every time I watch it. Like, I always love to just sit there and think about the the philosophy of it. And I think the place I'm coming from is like, I guess my, like my spiritual and philosophical background is like, I'm just very much an atheist. And so for me, I think the conversation of what does it mean to be human doesn't include the existence of a soul and so for me i sit there a lot thinking about like is artificial intelligence real even even knowing like that's a robot and that's a human if the artificial intelligence is that advanced does it really matter like what does it mean to be a valid life oh yeah like this movie proves wholeheartedly like i I have that kind of same view but it it, there is like a god analog in this movie that of uh, tyrell himself Again, mm-hmm. he looks like an Egyptian god. He has this, like, mindset yeah. and kind of, like, view of it and everything. And then... His bedroom was specifically modeled after the Pope's bedroom. Yeah, like, he, cl- like clearly there's some, like, inspirations taken from that. And then Roy meeting his creation, which we don't have the luxury of doing. Oh. It yeah. doesn't mean... Not just meeting, but yeah, killing. It, it, it means that mm-hmm. we are, like, we would love to have questions to ask our creator. But in the, in the yeah. way, we all, all we have are answers for what we have created. Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. How would you improve this movie? Oh, I have a lot. That... Yeah, I, I want Kevin to start. Because I, I know Zach has a lot. I know right away how I would improve this movie. Oh, yeah. So, Kevin, I want to hear from you first. Okay. Um. So that first act is a lot. I think we got to... Got to shorten it a little bit. For example, the fact that we have the same cut twice, I would... M- like like what me and Mickey were talking about, where you could see the, mm. uh, yeah, like we don't need that. Like there's just so much of the movie that is beautiful, but we don't need to see. So we can cut some of that and hopefully get the runtime down to an hour thirty. All right, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, Zach, I do want to hear from you now. I am very interested in the opening crawl where we figure out where Roy Batty and the other replicants came from. When he poses the question or the phrase, if only you could see uh, what I've seen with your eyes, I wish we could actually see us as the audience see that. I want to see a Roy Batty movie. I want him okay. to be the main character. I want him to, like... You don't think him as the main character would be too much? No. I want him like, more you don't think, of him. Like, he, like he, I agree he's the best part. I think he's the best part. But do I you think, think it would ruin it. Do you think he, sh- like, I feel like he shines, like, I, I, although I do want to say before I say anything, this is Zach's time to decide how he would improve the movie. Thank and you. so I want to honor this. Good point. You have, that, you have made a good point. But, but I want to pose the question of, um, do you think maybe one of the reasons he shines as a character is that he is secondary? Secondary? And, although uh, he and does kind of feel tertiary. A point to that. Could... Like, secondary characters can sometimes be, like, the best ones. People love the villain. That's an example. And we, with some things like Maleficent, we kind of got that sort of answer of like, let's have a movie about the villain. And they weren't always good. So it could be a, a bit of a toss up. But if anything, I would still love to see more from his perspective. If anything, this would be, this would kind of a, be a tough get. Let's turn this into like a 12 part series. And some of the flashback stuff is what we see on the colony worlds with them 
being Ooh. slaves to mankind. They revolt. Okay. They rebel. Deckard maybe like you know smiles a little bit. <laughs> so Netflix, so Netflix original series. Netflix where you have more original time series, to explore. Blade Runner. Okay, you have more time to explore the other characters, and Harrison Ford doesn't phone in his entire performance. Which, with the Woo! opening Flag monologue, up. he literally did. He he purposely made it so bad Ridley Scott wouldn't use it, and he was just as surprised as the rest of us when the theatrical release came around. God. He did a bunch of stuff like that, like the haircut he has in that movie. Oh, it's so bad. He specifically got it so he wouldn't have to wear a hat, which I don't know how that tracks. Like, I don't understand that <laughs> thought process. But he got a haircut so he wouldn't have to wear a hat. And he got this haircut that, like, Ridley Scott didn't care for, but no longer had a choice on dealing with. And and to, I, to I, Mr. Scott's credit, have it's tough having your complete vision intact. But with this quote that I want to read very soon... It's very much on the Lucas side of things, George Lucas side of things, where maybe it's best he didn't get his entire vision. But the final cut, I think, might... I feel like the final cut is his final vision. Hold on. You, hold, stop, 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 stop. Yes. I don't understand this discussion. We've been okay. dancing around it. I'm new to this. I think a yes. lot of our listeners might be new to this. What okay. the hell cuts are you talking about? Blade oh, Runner, God, Zach, you go. Blade Runner is enough. infamous for having several different specific cuts from this movie. There are certain cuts that only exist behind very specific closed doors or other events, but the two main cuts that we're talking about and the two most important ones are the original theatrical release where there were so many bad decisions put in place. It That's the reason why this movie did not succeed in theaters. It is the reason why it is a home video darling and then you have the final cut because you know blu-ray movies got to come out sometime this was released in tw uh, 2007 at the advent of blu-ray and this is the version that most closely matches mr ridley scott's sir ridley so scott's why do we have vision. two so like what happened so why why was uh, there <laughs> uh the movies movie studios happened my my, my boy uh, yeah. it's, so it's I know in production, sorry, can I say the one yeah, thing I yeah. know about this so I can sound smart on yeah. audio recorded? Um, the, so Ridley Scott, they had finished shooting the film, and then they canned Ridley Scott. They didn't want him there anymore. They brought in two of the producers to take over for him, um, which is why we ended up with these like narr narrations that Harrison Ford did in the, the original version, which were bad, right, Zach? They were intentionally bad, so they would not yeah. be put yes. in. Harrison Ford, like, read them terribly. Well, they were already bad, but then Harrison yeah. Ford would read them terribly so that they couldn't be used as much as possible. Um, but anyway, they had these two producers come on and try to, like, quote-unquote, fix what Ridley Scott was doing, even though what they ended up doing was making it worse. So we ended up with a bad theatrical release. A and very then, a bloated, unnecessary addition to help the audience understand things where its ambiguity is the best part about it. Right. So, so, so then, like, so, over so time. Hold on, hold on, hold on, time out. So, uh, again, yeah. I'm going to interrupt you guys to ask questions because I yeah, do it. genuinely yes, don't get what's happening here. So, so there's this original theatrical cut, right? And it's yes, terrible. Right. And yes. everybody hates it. Pretty so, much. is that still available? Like, did you guys watch? Have you guys seen that recently? Like, have you just um, read about it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've seen bits of it. I know enough about it to where I'm glad that's the version I didn't watch. If you're looking to just watch this casually, watch the final cut. It's the best. I've part. never seen. I've never encountered the theatrical version. Although I too have seen 
bits from it like on YouTube. You can find like clips of it, but I don't know where you could find the theatrical version. Yeah, that Got one it. might legit then, be tougher to find. The biggest takeaway from this is that studio movie studios think the general audience is stupid. Yes, and that is and, true. and to some degree the world has proven that correctly. Look how many Transformers movies there are by Michael Bay and other good movies like Annihilation that was released last year bomb commercially because people don't want to sit and watch like a slow burning sci-fi movie. They want explosions. They want they want Chinese pandering. They want commercialization out the ass. But you know what? It was both Chinese pandering and like I feel like every Asian person in this film existed more as a prop than a character. Yeah, and technically this was before that was a huge issue. I didn't. And, uh, yeah, hold on. That was another thing I didn't understand. So like, it's supposed to be set in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're speaking like Chinese. They're speaking a street Japanese? language that's a combination of English, Spanish, Japanese, what anything else you can throw in there. This okay, was so and is that like the is that like the 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 world's nod to globalization? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It might be. That's interesting. I didn't know that, Zach. And technically, that's not how language works, but it's interesting. Well, yeah, I that's mean, an interesting. Why don't take? We just get get um, jumbled up over the course of, over the like long stretches of yeah, but like human history. We, there's still that, that. There's still this kind of like barrier between culture and language, so we can experience a culture, yeah. but if that we don't know that is language, it's racism. Like, what do you mean? I think that even in today's society. We still have segregation. I don't just think. It exists. Oh, no like, question. You look at any city. The neighborhoods... I mean, Philadelphia is a good example. Boston is a good example. Like, the neighborhood I'm in has a huge Muslim population. You just don't get that in other neighborhoods. And it's not illegally enforced segregation, but it's just this, like, thing that happened. And so the reason we don't have this, like... This, like, amalgam language, I think, is because people... I think largely based on the way, like, white people dominate the, the public space... And then make it like not comfortable for other people to be in. But if you could remove those barriers, remove the issue of whiteness as a power structure, and then you allow other cultures to actually mingle, and then America became a real melting pot, that's why I find the language believable from the framework that the movie placed it in. Mm. I was going to say from the 80s framework, but the 80s were wildly racist, and Ronald Reagan is a And bad Ridley person. Scott also not the... Uh... Not the most saint-like director out there. He's, oh, really? He has said some pretty bad things. Among the thing that I am going to say, when his movie in 2014, Exodus, came out, which was, you know, very much Egypt and stuff, uh-huh. he was uh, he he had very clear explanations for why he had to whitewash his movie. You know, very, very clear, very concise reasons why he had to, had okay. to whitewash his movie. I can't mount a film of this budget where I have to rely on tax rebates in Spain and say that my lead actor is Mohammed so-and-so from such-and-such, Scott says. That's I'm just not, not going to get it financed, so the question doesn't even come up. Yeah, that's Ugh. not, great. Yeah, that's just not like, great. That sounds like he's saying it's too hard to have a person of color on our movie. I'm going to backtrack us a little bit, not to like reinforce the argument, but just to kind of get Mr. Scott's perspective. Uh, this is a question interview we had. At what point while making the original film did you decide that Deckard would be a replicant? And this comes from the, from the creator's mouth himself. Okay. What I'm about to say is unfiltered. I'm saying exactly what he said. Hang on, I have, okay. to, I have to get ready for this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in character. At what point while making the original film did you decide that Deckard would be a replicant? Oh, it was always my thesis theory. 
it was one or two people who were uh, relevant where I can't remember if Hampton agreed with me or not. But I remember someone had said, well, isn't it corny? I said, listen, I'll be the best judge of that. I'm the director, okay? So in that, y you learn, you know, by then I'm I'm 44. I'm no, uh, I'm no chicken. I'm very experienced director from commercials and the duelists and Alien. So I'm able to, you know, answer that with confidence at the time and say, you know, back off. It's what it's gonna be. Harrison, he was, he was never, I, I don't remember actually. I think Harrison was going, uh, I don't know about that. I said, but you have to be because Gaff, who leaves a trail of origami everywhere, will leave you a little piece of origami at the end of the movie to say, I've been here. I left her alive and I can't resist letting you know. Uh, what's in your most private thoughts is when you get drunk is a f unicorn, right? So I love Beavis and Butthead. So what should follow is that. <laughs> so what should follow is that. Duh. So now it will be revealed in the sequel one way or another. What? Wait, what? He so that's Be all, and that's all quote unquote. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, he loves Beavis and Butthead. Oh man. I now understand why Zach takes such an opposite stance. Because from... Ridley Scott's in crazy. Because <laughs> the because because Rid when now I get it now now that Ridley Scott has said in his own words he's obviously a replicant. I too kind of want to be like you're wrong and <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like I guess I get it. We've um we've definitely lost track of this podcast because uh I didn't ever tell you how I would improve this movie. No, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Can I? Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a lot of this movie. Um, there are two big things I think I'd change. One is there's a lot of lore to this movie that they leave out that you just have to, like, put together. You either are left to put together, like, the fact that, like, a lot of animals have gone extinct. You can kind of pick up on that if you really try, but yeah. it's never outright sad. If you know what you're Stuff like for. that. Um, so they could spend more time giving you the lore, right? Talk about that there was this world war and this, is post this isn't just future... Uh, earth this is post-apocalyptic earth i um, i would agree on a very show don't tell basis yes exactly i don't necessarily need it to be like said in a soliloquy but i would like or a, more or a harrison ford more monologue yeah um the other thing is the romance between and romance is a strong word it's a real strong word yes, heavy the quotes. romance between deckard and rachel is bad and yep. there's no way around that. It sure it's, is bad. It's extremely problematic. Another fun to fact. To the point where, like, I would give it content warnings for, like, abuse and sexual assault. Like, it's just terrible. Fun yes. fact. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very, it's very abusey and bad. Yeah, it's just horrible. And and none of the characters were comfortable filming it. Zach, what's your fun fact? And is it fun Harrison or is it Harrison Ford sad? and Rachel's actor, Sean Young, hated each other on set. They did not get along at all. I... I what I was reading earlier was that at least for this specific scene, F Harrison Ford was really uncomfortable filming it because and, they like, did not like point, each other. I didn't know that. Okay, so there's this moment where he like pushes her away, and there's this look of like hurt on her face, and that was real because apparently in the scene, like in the filming of it, he pushed her too hard, and she was genuinely like offended. Mm. Um, but I didn't know they didn't like each other. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, this I, I kind of like hell to make. This seems awful. Like, it, I, yeah, could have been I'm, rough. I don't. I hate this. I've decided. I hate this. I hate this well, movie. Well, Kevin, I hate. T t I hate it. I hate Kevin. This. Yes. If you hate this movie so much, how would you make it worse? Oh, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, <laughs> no. I um, the no, the actual way, the actual way, I would make this movie worse 
is I would just have the entire movie be the first act. So like So they just set up okay, no, continue. It's just set up. It's all set up. All they do is have uh Harrison Ford's character like mumble around and fumble around and like try to eat faux soup and they he wants two noodles and there's he wants four noodles and the guy will only give him two. It's that. It's just that. And okay. <laughs> what do you mean I can only life. have two noodles? <laughs> yeah. Chewy, tell him outright. I want more noodles. So yep, this is it, a slice of life film. Yep, it's a slice of life film in dystopian it's Los a, Angeles. Kevin, we actually make an this indie movie film. worse. All right, that's very good, Zach. How how would you make this movie worse? Um, I think I would create Ridley Scott's truest interpretation of this. The, the idea of this overly bloated man whose ego is right up his own ass, Beavis and Butthead, square in the middle of it all. Can you please explain what you mean when you just say Beavis and Butthead? He None of loves that made Beavis any and sense. Butthead. Okay, he loves. Okay, so how just like factor into the movie, buddy. <laughs> so my guess yes! is that it's. Can I? My oh. guess is that it would be Blade Runner with like Beavis and Butthead styled comedy. It would be an episode of Beavis and Butthead. So this is a thirty-minute episode of Beavis and Butthead where Beavis is Deckard and Butthead is Roy Batty, and uh, it's 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 just not. like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that voice is definitely. Yeah. Oh, you're just making noises. I that, get it. That's that's Beavis and Butthead. Ridley Scott loves it. It's his favorite okay. show. He told me. Right. Please stop clapping. The, cla- in the, microphone. the clapping is not good audio. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. He loves it, and I I I want to give Ridley Scott exactly what he wants. His own I... Star Wars prequel movie. I think that's a fascinating take because the movie was bad until he was given back full control. I like, every version of it was bad until they said, okay, fine, do your version, and he made but the final remember, cut. But remember, this isn't 1982, version. Ridley Scott. This is 2000, this okay, is 2000s, Okay, so you're saying 2010s. unhinged modern Ridley Scott. Modern Ridley movie. Scott gets his hands back, jumbles it up. Like it's That's him. important. So he gets to, in, in the vein of George Lucas, he gets to, like, 1990s. What 1997 was to Star Wars, he gets to do. Precisely. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. I get it. Mickey, how would you ruin this movie? That's a tough one, honestly. It is now. Okay, I uh-huh. want you to picture this. Okay, November twenty nineteen. No, you know what? December twenty nineteen. I do have to picture that. Mm. Right, picture that. F- future mm. Los Angeles. The snow is falling. It's a. Uh-huh. It's a romantic comedy. Uh huh. <laughs> Han Solo is Rick Deckard. Um, Solo as Rick Deckard. Sorry, did I say Han Solo? <laughs> yeah, you did say. I thought that was no, part of your. But this I'm is going to be yeah, my Han season Solo. of love, Chewie. Han, Han Solo, Rick Deckard. Uh, Chewie plays Gaff, um, <laughs> which is Edward James Olmos' character. It is a romantic comedy that follows uh, Rick Deckard trying to woo the um, the uh, beautiful replicant uh, object of his love interest. I don't know how to. I don't know how to pitch a romantic comedy. Apparently, uh, Rachel. Object of yeah, his that's the word. The apple um, of my eye. I guess the point is that I would make it a romantic comedy set around Christmas time. What's that one very famous Christmas romantic comedy? Love Actually. Oh, this is yeah, Love um, Actually. Yeah. It's called. It's, so, oh, I was gonna call it. Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I pitch a title yeah. to you? Blade Runner. Actually. Blade Runner actually is ooh, good. Ooh. Um, mine's less of a pun. I was just thinking like synthetic emotion. Actually, wait. Ooh. Wait, I'm sorry to clap again. I got it. I got it. Okay. Do androids fall in love during Christmas? Do mm. androids 
or iPhones. <laughs> does does sorry, that was so bad. That was this awful. is not anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna dismiss myself from the pot. That's a good yeah. Mickey, I guess really what I'm cool. saying is I just I think really like romantic that. comedy focusing on the romance between Deckard and Rachel at Christmas time. But it's the same. It's the same horrible post-apocalyptic uh, Los Angeles. Like it's very brutalist architecture mixed with like future scientific. You know, it's like all on concrete, but all in these angles and stuff. Very mm-hmm. neon, and it makes you feel weirdly um, sad. It's still like there's like a heavy, dense dust cloud everywhere. The buildings still plume like fire into the sky, but it's snowing and Santa's coming. Santa's gonna come and give you presents. I don't like the way I said that. Can I please, please, please? I'm literally begging you, Zach. We didn't do it yet, and I'm surprised we didn't. Uh huh. Do you have any reviews of this movie that you want to share with us? Um, let me see. They've been pretty strange. They're either like um, Bob Thomas uh, from the Associated Press saying Ridley Scott has produced a new vision that is foreboding, or they could be like Gary Arnold from the Washington Post who says the contradictions that plague the movie are apparent from the out- outset. Are there any like user reviews anywhere? That oh, are there funny? are. There are. So on Amazon, we have uh, from Priscilla... She found it to be so underwhelmed. I've heard about this movie for years. I finally took the time to watch it, and boy, was I disappointed. I can look past the old FX. It's the story that's so weak. After watching, after watching, I've read a lot of people uh, people's pontificating about it. Was he a replicant? Was he not? None of that matters. The point is that the story is very, very weak. Worse than most movies, there is no on-screen development of the two main characters' love arc. Are they in love? Question mark. At some point? Why? Who knows? It just jumps from random scene to scene. Buy the hype if you want, but some many things today, this being one of them, reminds me of the Emperor's new clothes. Everyone talks about how amazing it is without seeming to realize there really isn't anything there. Okay, so you lost me for a lot of that, but her comparing it to the Emperor's new clothes is fascinating in a very Priscilla. Way. It may be the critic of our time. Yeah, so that's confusing and scary to me. Do you have any others? Um, I found Roger Ebert. I think he. Hold on, hold on a second. I I I have a lot to say about this. Okay. <laughs> first off, it sounds like you agree with Priscilla. First off, I don't. I don't agree with Priscilla, but I also just like to hang out with people that don't like this movie. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I would just want to hang out. Like, I just, I don't know. You seem like you're a fun hang. Um, also, I like that the way that she would improve the movie is the exact same way that Mickey would make it awful. Uh, you you would have, have the way actually. you would have ruined the movie was made it a love and was made it a romantic comedy, and I think she would have done Interesting. that. Interesting. I movie. think you're right. Okay. You yeah. What did, a, what did uh, what did what did Roger Egbert say? Oh, it's Roger Egbert. Oh, sorry. What did Roger Ebert Ebert yogurt say? E- what Ebert did, yogurt. Wait, hold on. Rog... <laughs> Roger. Roger did... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what did Egbert Dog Man Go Bear say? Sorry, I can't. Stop. I can't stop. Wait, Bertram. Bertram. Bert, hold on. Bertram. Bertram. Igor. Igor. <laughs> what did he say? Ro- Roger, Roger Egbert uh, had said in an early review that it looks fabulous. It uses special effects to create a new world of its own, but it is thin in its human story. 
Zach. Yeah. Z- Zach. Yeah. Are there any other? Because we've uh, from for I just I want to know what the everyman thinks. And all I've heard so far is Priscilla. Do you have any other everyman reviews? Uh, we we need the everyman review. Let me see. Um. Oh, I couldn't find a plugged-in review, but I found Common Sense Media, which does the same thing. Uh, uh, so, it, parents, what you need to know is that uh, Blade Runner envisions a bleak 2019 Los Angeles that's dark, oppressive, polluted, steeped in fear, and features genetically engineered organic robots called replicants that look just like humans. Is it any good? Well, it's based on the short story by, you know, Philip K. Dick, the androids uh, dreaming and all that. This is a very, this is a deeply physiological yet violent picture. They're going to hang on that violence. It's uh, too violent. There's constant tension, sad music, bloody visuals, and menacing sound effects (laughs) that add to the dystopian mood. Sorry, sad music got me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Families considering viewing this film should avoid the first released version like The Plague. Instead, go with Ridley Scott's original vision. In twenty in 2007, they released the 25th anniversary digitally released. Okay, the final cut. That's what they mean. Okay, and you but should... wait, hold on. Hold on. I need you I need to pause this. Okay. Is this is is does this website review films and then tell parents whether or not they should allow their children to watch the film? Absolutely. This movie had a lot of violence. I was gonna, cl- I was gonna claim the um, like uh, the full frontal nudity at one. Well, not full frontal, but the, the, the sure like, uh, booby nudity. But yeah. I'm, I feel like that also uh, con- contradicts my own personal belief of like the like supporting the free the nipple and like like why is the one breast uh, obscene and the other isn't right? Right, but it's but, but it's crazy a, to me that then this like Christian website wouldn't. View wouldn't oh, no, they wouldn't talk that. about that right it's weird that they wouldn't be like parents don't let their your kids watch this movie there's a booby and also like pris's death is wild it's it's pretty like, she like yeah it's creepy, disgusting yeah, man. Man. i don't think they even mentioned that here's here's where i'm at we've said a lot this is the longest we've ever recorded for sure for sure right uh, we're i think we're done right it's <laughs> this is <laughs> the longest we've ever recorded uh, <laughs> For, that clipped worse than I've ever heard anything in my life. Good, good, good. I want to make your ears suffer. Your voice that. distorted so much. I need Maybe. to bring us back together because we've been recording. I just have to pee so bad. Is All I want to say is that we've been recording for a really long time and I've had two beers and I really have to pee. Okay. Zach? Yeah? Can we spin that wheel of reviews? We are spinning that re- wheel of reviews. So... It's tough to get the definitive answer to what is and what isn't human, but when it comes to reviews, there's no denying that every single one is arbitrary. So in the end, we get to decide our own reviews, and we'll base it off of that. However, sometimes we get very interesting results here on Wheel of Reviews. Sometimes we have to go beyond the mortal coil to figure out whether a movie was good or not. So I have gone online to an online Ouija board. Wait, so did you let... Okay. And I asked, I asked, was Blade Runner a good film? Do you want to know what the online okay, Ouija Okay, hold on. So wait, but wait, wait, wait. Are you saying the Wheel of Review... No, that's not... Did the Wheel of, did the wheel of Review say, review it with a Ouija board? Yeah. Okay, you gotta tell us that. You, okay. All you said was, you went yeah, to a Ouija board. dude. 
You can't just go right to the Ouija board. Sometimes. Also, I hold on. Time out. Time out. I need to make a stipulation. I do not endorse anything with the occult. Okay. Nor do I do. Nor do I endorse any of the results or findings of. The That's Ouija fine. Board. Can I can I make a similar stipulation? Sure. I also do not endorse any results or findings of the Ouija board. They're wildly fake. They were invented by a toy company. However, however, being <laughs> well, that, actually, that's being not true. That, they were invented by two. They were invented by two scammers in the twenties, and then a toy company <laughs> took over. I feel like it's appropriate that I did an online one because we're not dealing with regular ghosts. We we're dealing with technology ghosts. Oh God! When I j- this podcast has been fine. When posed the question. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, shut up! When I can't wait for the dude. I don't need your like pontificating when, anymore. When, it's been five hours. When, just give me the Ouija board. When review. posed the question, was Blade Runner a good film? The Ouija board told me, "Leave me now." So the so even the Ouija board was like, "Go away." Even the Ouija, the Ouija board takes Kevin's uh, side of this. It's it is not interested oh, in Blade so Runner. So I'm truly whatsoever. cursed. Oh, good. Me and the demons want this to be over. Um, you can put that on the back of your box, Ridley Scott. I'm working on it. Hold your mouse lightly over the pointer and follow it as your answer is revealed. Okay. Would you like to also ask the techno occult? Mm, I got it. I did. Are you ready? Yeah. How would you rate Blade Runner? Okay. Yes. It's what I got. It's just, it's, just yes. It's, it went up to yes. <laughs> hey, right. your your spirit liked it. Now here's my question, Zach. What website did you do this on? The the first one that Google showed me. I, me too, but I'm just curious if we got the same one. Probably. All right, Kevin. Do you want to give this a shot? What is that? I'm on Brain Jar. <laughs> Was Blade Runner good? Question mark. Ask. Oh, I don't like this. The spirits align. The gate between heaven and hell okay. is unsealed. Oh, do I have to? No. Okay, just do it. No. Oh, just said no. Ooh, oh, good. What, what did you ask? Wait, no, it's keep. It keeps moving. Not. Not. Okay. Oh my God, I hate this. What's it gonna Think tell forever. you? Not. K N, not K N. Okay, it's gonna be not. <laughs> this this would All be right. this would be better for a Halloween review, I think, when we did Ghostbusters. We should have asked the spirits. Yeah, we, no, this is hard because it's. Okay. But I did ask it. Hold on, I asked it a very important question. I'm, I'm yeah. sending actually a screenshot to you because I, I just assumed you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I so I did ask it. Uh, is Zach a replicant? <gasps> Do the spirits beyond think? They understand what they're talking. Are they Ridley Scotting me? Um, think is a straw is a weak word. They know that Zach is indeed a replicant. Well, hey, you didn't specify which Zach. You got me. Thank you all so much for listening to this absolute train wreck of a podcast. Uh, we have been best boys. I have been Mickey. Wow, I'm Kevin. Before I say I'm Zach, if you have any suggestions for the Wheel of Reviews. To help us determine how a movie should be deemed good, bad, anything in between. If you have a good review system, send it to us at our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. What are those links, Mickey? Those are all at Best Boys Cast. That is at Best Boys Cast 
on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash bestboyscast. Please, please, please tweet at us. Send us Instagram DMs. You know, post stuff about us. If you like the show, the best thing you can do for us is please share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Maybe, probably not the early Five ones. stars on Apple yes, iTunes Yes, if you are using Apple, Apple Podcasts, if you're on iTunes, please, please, please rate. Uh, can you comment on, on iTunes? Can you leave, like, comments yeah 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 you can yeah so when you leave a review you leave five stars and a comment and um i'll i'll, I'll shamelessly steal this bit from the right Ricky sanchez podcast if you when we get to 10 five-star reviews on itunes i will read all Ooh. Of them. okay i'll do an episode where i just read the, yeah the reviews I'm, I'm i support that and then we'll spin the wheel and we'll review the reviews feel and feel free to use the wheel <laughs> oh, for your God. own reviews if uh if it gets enough interest i'll share my link to what i have currently for the wheel review reviews you can review anything you'd like you can review a book a good meal your friend's marriage the heat death of the universe whatever you like <laughs> cool very good. all right it was very good yeah. <laughs> yeah very good um very good um i love all of you guys yes. i love you very much i don't want to watch this movie no. anytime soon but i love you You know what guys. i love i love origami angel and i would like to send out a very 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 special big giant thank you to origami angel for allowing us to use their songs for our opening and closing theme the first song is origami bagel the uh, closing song is called Thanks, I Hate It, which I think is similar to how Kevin feels about having us watch ha- us having him watch this movie. But please, please, please listen to Origami Angel. Best band on the earth. Gami Gang for life. Gami Gang. Gami Gang. Uh, boys, do you have any final thoughts? Look to your left. Look to your right. One of you may be a replicant. It's Zach. Not me. No. So it's so it's Kevin. I would, I, I would, I would help the tortoise. I would flip it over. Thank you so much for listening. We have been best boys. Good night, and make sure that your mom or dad aren't replicants. You never know.